0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jeffrey Meldon welcoming you to a great edition of Meldon Law and Friends. I'm here with my uh, partner and son, Carrie Meldon. How you doing today, Carrie?
1: I'm doing great. We're here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, and uh, it's a beautiful Tuesday outside, and we've got our good friend Mark Newman here.
0: How are you doing, Mark? Doing great, gentlemen. Okay, good to be here. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We got a little bit of housekeeping uh, uh, to take care of. Oh, this is episode number 45. So uh, seven more weeks, and we'll have completed 52 episodes. So we're really excited about that. And this is the week that the Fighting Florida Gator football team takes the field at the Swamp against FAU and Meldon Law is giving away a hundred and two tickets for free uh, to uh, Gator fans who want to attend the game. How generous! Yeah. So anyhow, in order to get the tickets, all you have to do is go to uh, Meldon Law on Facebook, and my uh, and our our little twist this week is you have to name. who your favorite Gator of all times is. Uh, So uh, go to uh, Melden Law Facebook page, and you'll see the contest details, and you name your favorite Gator, and all the tickets are electronic, so we'll uh, electronically uh, transfer them uh, to you, and uh, it's going to be a great game. Saturday night, 7.30, under the lights, uh, the Florida Gators taking on the uh, FAU. Are they the Owls, Kerry? I think they are the Owls. Okay. Yes. So, uh, so so I don't know why they would be the Owls, an interesting though. interesting mascot, huh? Yeah, for yeah. Boca Raton. <laughs> <laughs> you think it would uh, be the
1: Pompano's you know, or something, you know? Uh, yeah.
0: so, and, and also, the uh, Lady Gator volleyball team is uh, tonight playing Stanford in a mm-hmm. huge match out west. The Gators swept a uh, tournament this weekend, beat uh, three teams in a row from out west, and now they're going to play uh, the big dog, uh, Stanford, who's won, uh, I think, more national championships in volleyball than anybody. So uh, we're excited about that, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But next Sunday, after the football game, next Sunday at 2 p.m., Mary Wise And the Florida Gator Volleyball team is going to be uh, opening up uh, a match uh, at the um, O-Dome, the Exact Tech Arena. So we're also very excited about supporting not only Gator football, but volleyball and uh, soccer. I went to a soccer match Sunday. What a fun time. We had a blast. So uh, uh, let's uh, support all the Gator sports. And uh, we are... Uh, again, as uh, we, uh, Carrie mentioned, we're at the uh, coaches podcast room at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Spurrier's is open now. And if you haven't been here, uh, you have to put it on your uh, plans as soon as possible. It's open from uh, 3 to 11, and I think 3 to 12 uh, on the weekends. Um, Wednesday. Uh, it's, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's open right now, and, uh, please do yourself a favor. This is an incredible museum, as well as, uh, an outstanding restaurant. It's, uh, farm-to-table. It's, uh, the best food out there. They don't even have a freezer for anything except ice cream, because everything is fresh. So, uh, we're gonna really, uh, rock this fall with, uh, Spurs, uh, Gridiron Grill, uh, the uh, famous Visors, uh, outdoor bar upstairs on the top of the restaurant's going to be open uh, uh, for the first uh, game, and uh, we're very, very excited that everything is uh, happening here. Right now, it's time to introduce uh, my guest and good friend, Mark Newman. How are you doing today, Mark? Great, Jeffrey.
2: Thanks. Nice to be here with you.
0: Yes. So, Mark... um, We've been friends a long time. Uh, we met at uh, Leonardo's 706 Restaurant, and I know you, uh, uh, you were involved with the restaurant for many, many, many years. Uh, let's go back a little further. I know you're a, a graduate of Cornell, is that correct? Yes, the, the School of Hotel and Restaurant Administration. So did they teach anything about uh, cooking and running a restaurant?
2: Well, I, I used to work in the kitchen. I was a range supervisor. I actually had a job there, so okay. I got that. And I also had a popcorn concession. Where? <laughs> at the movie theater right there at uh, Staten Hall. In Ithaca? Right there at, at, the, uh, at the
0: school. Okay, well, that's something yes. I
2: didn't know. Well, I, I used to have my bag, of 25-pound bag of uh, popcorn in my locker in my little number three bags, and uh, they let me use the kitchen. Right. Yes, so I got uh, would pop the corn, bag it up, go down to the movie, sell it. 2001, a space odyssey, I made $300. Wow. A dollar a bag. And was, that was, was in the 70s? When it first came out. So that was
1: a big deal. Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Wow. What's the profit margin on a dollar
0: bag of popcorn? It's about ninety-eight percent. Mark, if if you can move a little closer to the mic. Of course, yes. Yeah, there's a very good little business. Our our producer is saying they can't hear you. Can't hear me. Here, lean forward, lean into the mic a little bit. Okay. Is that better? Everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyhow, um, tell us a little bit about your journey to Gainesville. How did you get down here?
2: Well, I was in uh, Miami, and uh, I was living in a yoga center, and I was, we had a little, uh, a small little wholesale uh, natural food business, and I met my future ex-wife there. And? Jo- Jivatma, also known as Joanna Vida. And uh, so she went to school here, got a degree as a teacher, so we moved up to Gainesville 46 years ago. Wow. wow.
0: What year was that? I have no so idea. 1975? <laughs> does that
2: sound 75, about 75, 76, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and Hogtown, Granary, Down to Earth, Mother Earth, all those kind of alternative places were here back
0: then. And um, <clears throat> tell us what you did as far as uh, being involved in the restaurant industry or restaurant business or food business. Uh,
2: well, I always, uh, you know, I did catering on my own. So I always did that. I'd have a wedding here and there kind of thing like that. I know I did the Micanopy uh, Art Festival mm-hmm. at a little crepe and uh, French onion soup uh, booth. Mm-hmm. So I you know, I always uh, was doing things like that. I met Steve Solomon, my future partner, not ex-partner, my future partner mm-hmm. at uh he came in, he used to uh, I used to buy bagels and croissants from him when he was at Bagel Land.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, was that the one out in Thornbrook? Uh he would he was right behind um Midtown. Right Cam- oh, in Midtown. Exactly. Back there was when, a bagel yes. land there. Yes. Oh, okay. Pomona and so, Debbie. Uh, they used to
2: have a, a poker game in the back. You know, it was all that <laughs> way back.
0: So, um, so uh, tell us about uh, the merger between you and Steve Solomon that created the new look at um, uh, Leonardo 706.
2: Well, I came into Steve with a gourmet magazine which had uh, California pizzas on the cover. And I asked him if he was interested in in this in the California pizza concept. He said, no, they're going to be doing a barbecue place at 7.06. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because uh, his friend Jack Smith had been very successful in, in the panhandle with that. Correct. So then a few months later, Art Gore and Doug Bonebrake and I went to Steve's house to look at some display cases. And he said, what about those California pizzas? And I said, uh, oh, I'm on it. So the next day, we went out shopping. We did the pizzas, and he, he brought in like 30 people. I was, and uh, it, it, it blossomed in. So I did the two nights of baking pizzas. Then we did a night of making pasta at his house, and then he offered me a partnership.
0: And, um, but Leonardo 706 was quite a, 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 a famous restaurant. However, as I understand it, um, until you came in it was quite a different concept.
2: Right. Well I, actually my first couple of months there we did the uh, the regular, you know, two ninety nine all you could eat pasta, two ninety nine any item uh, calzone. That was Tuesday night. It's slow night. And uh, <laughs> and so that was where we, we started off. Then Steve and I went to California, we had Spago's, Prego's, we went to about eight mm-hmm. different places, tried to see, you know, get what was happening.
0: So you actually uh, ventured out to California to t- try to bring something that would be unique to Gainesville back home.
2: Yes, to be inspired by what we saw. We got a reservation at Spago's on a Tuesday night, and the first reservation was 11 o'clock. Was night. that
1: was that Wolfgang Puck's restaurant? It's the first one. Oh, wow. Spago's right he, on was he, sunset. Was he, uh, was he in the, the, uh, the kitchen oh, he that was, night? Oh, he was working the room. That's awesome. He had
2: his Dodger cap on. We were sitting next to... Brenda Ficaro, and uh, Andre Previn.
1: So you were doing research and having a good time out in L.A.? We had a great time.
2: It was the first time <laughs> I ever saw unisex bathrooms. Oh. Uh, it was at Spago's. And w- when was this? Uh, it was right in the beginning. It was 87.
0: 1987. Yes. So um, how he did... Just,
2: he just opened up Spago's.
0: So uh, tell us how you uh, reinvented Leonardo 706.
2: Right. So I would come in... It's When we started, we, we transformed the kitchen, redid the whole kitchen, because it was just a simple, you know, mm-hmm. place, and uh, brought in stoves and hoods, and I mean, you know, spent some money, and uh, so we had a, I had a plan. You know, we knew what the, the pastas, the pizzas, I did uh, antipastos up front, I did the desserts, mm-hmm. we used to come in at 7 in the morning, we used to work till 10 o'clock at night, yeah. we being, the, you know, the other people, but I would, you know, work through and then we'd go out and play tennis, because we, we didn't go to bars afterwards. We, you know, we had all this young energy at the time.
1: That's amazing. It, it, go ahead, Karen. No, I was just going to say I don't know if you remember this, Mark, but my first job uh, in high school was a busser at seven oh six, and I still remember uh, what Steve told me is never let. Maybe it may have been you or Steve. Was I think, probably Steve. Uh, never let the glass get more than halfway <laughs> empty. And from now, from to this day. I always judge a restaurant as to how quickly they refill the water. I know that if they refill the water quickly, that they're attentive, that they're professional, that they care about, you know, whether I'm having a good time, they're not intrusive. It was really an incredible lesson for me that I still uh, hold every other restaurant to that standard that 706 had. And uh, busing was great because when I was there, there was a, a, a chef named Satchel, in the back. He was a bus, he was actually a dishwasher. He was the dishwasher. He was a dishwasher. Years. He was my, di- years. <laughs> yes. And now he's the, the uh, preeminent, he's a, he's he's a, a preeminent genius. pizza yeah. guy in, in Gainesville. Oh, so, yeah. uh, 706 has led to, I mean, your legacy is obviously, uh, never, it's still going strong, very strongly.
0: I know when I used to go to 706, Senator Bob Graham would be there frequently mm-hmm. and all the other, um, presidents of the University sure. of Florida would come all the time. And, uh, what I want to do is kind of lead into the break with a little tease and the tease is you're going to tell us all the restaurants that, uh, the, where the owners used to work at seven Oh six. Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay. Okay. Because, uh, Mark, uh, and Steve have a progeny of uh, restaurant owners and they, uh, they, they worked, they worked at seven Oh six and seven Oh six. Uh, for those of you that, um, we are never there, was a legend in uh, in Gainesville for, uh, well, 33 years that you were there. 33 mm-hmm. years for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and before
2: that, it was, I mean, there used to be beanbag chairs in the lobby. That was mm-hmm. the whole size of the size of them. And people would be waiting, you know, like for, you know, Steve to show up. I got it. Yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> we're going to be back with. The story from Mark Newman about all the progeny from Leonardo 706. And we'll be back in 60 seconds. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden. I'm here with my partner and son, Carrie Melden, as well as Mark Newman, um, former owner of uh, Leonardo's 706. And uh, before we get into the rest of our interview, I want to mention that uh, we have 102 tickets for the Florida Gator game against FAU this coming Saturday at 730 in the Swamp. All you have to do is go to Melden Law Facebook page and enter the contest and tell us who your favorite is gator of all time is and uh, we are uh, really excited uh, the university athletic association uh, uh, called us uh, last week and said hey you want 102 tickets to uh, give away to gator fans and we said uh, we'd love to have them and we know what to do which is to give them away so uh, join go to our facebook page Meldon law we're back here with mark newman uh, former uh, proprietor and inspiration for Leonardo Seven O Six, uh, Mark. We were uh, before the break. We were talking about all the uh, uh, famous uh, uh, chefs and uh, dishwashers and other people that used to work at Leonardo Seven O Six that went on to open their own restaurants. Can you uh, uh, talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. I think you mentioned probably the most prominent was Satchel Stephen Ray who uh, did a bunch of, uh, worked, at the, uh, worked at the restaurant for 10 years. I catered his wedding over at the Thomas Center. I mean, you know, he's... Uh, he is Now
0: he's got two restaurants. He
2: does. Satchel Square is uh, oh, just opened over, up. Uh, the 4th Avenue That's right. uh, deal. The food park, exactly. The food oh, nice. park. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been there. I've, I've had the pizza. Very good. good. He calls it Detroit Pizza.
1: Oh, is that the thicker pizza?
2: It's a, b- yes, between Chicago and
1: uh and California or New York maybe. There's a place in South Florida called Jet's Pizza that has Detroit-style pizza. And it's kind of like Chicago pizza, but That's it right. has but it has the cheese on the top, That's not right. the sauce. So it's yes. a little different, yeah.
2: Leonardo's originally it was the Chicago pizza when uh Steve first opened up. I didn't know that. And they had the uh the cheese on the bottom, on the bottom. like in Chicago. They had to change it. They had to put the cheese on top. People couldn't waste the cheese. There's no cheese. Right. But it's full of cheese. You just don't it see it. Oh, it's yeah. it. It is. Oh, it's. takes 45 minutes to bake, too.
1: Does it? Yeah. It's, it comes out really hot. I'm oh, yeah. guessing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Been to Uno's up in Chicago. It was great. Okay. But it took 45 minutes. You sit down there and you go, wow. And they go, you know, we're going to make your pizza. Just for you, I said, "Well, well, that's good, you know." But, and then forty-five minutes. Later, yeah, the patrons,
0: I the patrons sometimes weren't that patient. Right. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, are there any others?
2: Uh, let's see. Of course, uh, the top, Hal and Susie mm-hmm. worked in the kitchen, and uh, Scott Chillington did the bar. The owners of mm-hmm. the top.
0: And the top has been incredibly successful.
2: Oh, what a great place! Mm-hmm. What I mean, you the, the new uh, back patio that they've done there is just. And Scott's uh, just a genius with the design. I mean, to me, that that restaurant could be in any city mm-hmm. and it would do great.
0: Yeah, it, it, we're it, it's to kind have of here. it's I kind agree. of a um, a hippie cuisine. Yes, uh,
2: hipster. That's uh, I think that's uh, Hal's uh, specialty. Hipster. You know, yes. Well, Hi- maybe. He's, well, he's, when, he's, when I was young, he was a punk, uh, was a punk guy too in his days. So. Oh, okay. I don't know.
0: So, and a hipster is a. Kind of a you know a, a cut between a a punk rocker and a hippie, right? Oh, look at you, very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and and is, are there any other uh, folks that uh, uh, you know? Uh, we of spawn? course, I've,
2: I've been going to Mr. Hans now for the last because I have to throw the plug. They just reopened. Yeah, they just reopened. Yes. So yeah. Amy, Amy Han was uh, used to be over Ching. Okay, and she was our real estate uh, broker and. In the attempted sale of our restaurant, so close it was. Uh, anyway, and she's yeah. great. So are, I've, I've been there over like uh, eight times in the last three weeks. How is it?
1: How is the new uh, Mr. Hans or the reopening of it?
2: I think it's terrific. Yeah, I mean, is I've been it there, in the
0: same location? Same location.
2: They've uh, updated it quite a bit, and uh, you know, Alexander's there and. During the day, going to school.
0: Oh, that's the son. That's yes, Eric's son. Eric's son. Yeah. Oh yes. wow! Well, that's that's very exciting. For those of you that don't know, Mister Hans is an institution in Gainesville. When I moved here in nineteen seventy, Mister Hans was uh, the cat's meow when it came to a fancy restaurant. It was on South Thirteenth
2: Street. Remember that? Yeah, it was the, right by the La Holiday Tien, Inn. Where, where next La Tien is now.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and but. But when you walked in there, it was uh, you know pretty high end restaurant for Gainesville. Oh, Bowl. this was something,
2: yes. Uh, Miss, Mr. Hahn was uh, you had to wear proper attire to go to Mr. Hans. Yes, that was very unusual in Gainesville uh, back then.
0: Yeah, and now it's uh, uh, over uh, behind the Red Lobster by I seventy five in Newberry Road. That's right. And uh, I got the
2: downstairs it used to be a nightclub. Yeah, where Amy yeah. Hahn got married, right? Remarried, which I was uh, lucky to be a guest. More lobster Cantonese than I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> so one of my
0: favorite um, times that Mr. Hans was uh, Robin Williams uh, was performing at the University of Florida at the stadium in front of eighty thousand people for Gator Growl, and my good friend Albert T. Badgie was promoting the event. So uh, Albert said, "Well, after the show, Robin wants to uh, you know hang out and have some dinner." So uh, I got an invitation. To uh meet with uh, the gang, uh, so Robin Williams is there, and we had a round table uh, with a lazy Susan in the middle, and we sat there for three hours and Robin Williams was amazing. It was like he didn 't stop his routine. He kept the routine <laughs> going for three hours on uh, during dinner, and we 're spinning it around and i 'm sure that you know he was um you know, uh, had some substances in him well, that made was, him was, very excited.
2: He he had that kind of energy. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs>
0: so anyhow, I'm sitting there with Robin Williams, you know, kind of you know pinching myself, going, "This is really cool," you know, because right. he was a big movie star by then. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, so uh, now tell us about um, how what the heyday of Leonardo Seven O Six was like.
2: Well, we uh, when we were in our heyday, just after uh, Pizza Palace had closed, mm-hmm. Archer Road didn't exist. We had, you know, we only had the basically the two dining rooms and the front patio. We expanded into the seven hundred four room, which we did the pharmaceutical, and you know, uh, we had like two or three parties a week. We did the other room where we had the jazz in the seven hundred ten room mm-hmm. with the bar, and we did the uh, Sunday brunch buffet there as well.
0: Now the Sunday brunch was really um, Mark's doing. Mm-hmm. Tell it, i mean, I know—I know the story, right? You borrowed all your mother and grandmother's well, recipes.
2: That, <laughs> I, I used—I've catered at the uh, the synagogue, and I would put out a, a you know real kind of bar mitzvah—that's oh, what they were—the bar mitzvah kind of buffet for lunch. Everything from blintzes, you know, kasha you know, latkes, you know,
0: good locks.
1: Mark, we served the latkes. You know, that was your that was that, I remember was our, that, that, that became was a our signature thing? Yeah.
2: Ralph and Helen Rothschild had the first brunch buffet. Ralph was in the hospital and wasn't supposed to make it, miraculously makes it. Helen's gonna throw a party for Ralph. So I do the and Helen was was the most meticulous person on the planet. Her son is Rob Rothschild, the uh, the musician and all around great guy. Anyway, so they have to, she sets it up. She okay I want this, this and this. You know, we're gonna I'll make uh, some salmon, we'll do, you know, all the din we'll have like, you know, twenty dishes. So when we finished and that was on a a Sunday morning, so we said Sandy, Steve was out of town, Sandy looks at me, she goes, Wow, this is really good. Could you do this again? I said, Oh, we can do this every week. <laughs> <laughs> well I So I, rem- I would come in at four thirty in the morning yeah. and, and do the whole you know, the 50-item buffet with yeah. Philip It was Bentley incredible. Lemon. I mean, the, the well, salmon was, that you would have out there
1: was this uh, huge king salmon. That's right. And I don't even, where would you even get the salmon from? Well, we got it from Northwest Seafood. So it was, it was actually fresh. Oh, yeah. you know,
2: it came in, the, the Scottish king salmon. Yeah. You know, you roast it with the, you know, the lemon, dill... Mustard, you know, sauce. I it mean, you know, so good. every homemade locks. Yeah. Matt Reynolds would slice the rock locks every and, day and, Sunday and morning.
0: And more, I think, just as spectacularly was the way that you were able to have the um, jazz night on Monday and Thursday night for it seemed like twenty, twenty-five years in a row.
2: Marty LaQuarie, our yeah. m- music director, the Marty LaQuarie. I mean, <laughs> world I
0: champion Miler.
2: The, the runner of the decade according to Runners magazine mm-hmm. in the
0: 1970s 60s, 60 early 70s right he was in high school
2: he's the same age as me you're you're a little bit younger than us i guess and uh, <laughs> you know and he, he he was in the Melrose games when he was in high school that is amazing
0: so Marty lacorey decided he wanted to uh enhance his uh, musical yeah. skills and started calling Friends that were great well, musicians it. It in.
2: We had everybody. I mean, we had uh, jazz bands from New Orleans come in, and they marched around the whole restaurant hmm. as a, yeah. in a procession. I mean, he brought <laughs> he brought people in that were amazing.
0: Yeah, I used to go there frequently Monday and uh, Thursday nights. And mm-hmm. for those of you that uh, were in Gainesville over the last twenty five years, it was a hopping scene.
1: He so, was
2: he, Marty did a great job.
0: Do, uh, we have a couple of Facebook uh, comments.
1: Why I don't, why don't you want, take them? Yeah, uh, well, I would like to do at least address a couple of them. I guess the first one would be: Is um, is Seven O Six going to reopen in Gainesville? And the second question is: What are three top points that you would give to someone starting a new restaurant? So I'll let you take whatever uh, question you want in that, in whatever order you want.
2: Well, will Seven O Six ever reopen again? Would not be in my, uh, you know, ballpark. That's okay. not something that I would be doing i'm enjoying retirement, retirement. very much <laughs> i made bread this morning i made a pot of soup for a friend you know i'm, I'm staying. i'm look what i get to do you know <laughs> and i don't have to be anywhere at any time it's really amazing that's amazing yeah so it's a great thing so hopefully maybe somebody else would you know come in we you know if somebody asked you know for some help be glad to do it you know uh, what
0: about f- the top three points you'd give to oh someone boy wow that's a, a, a great run. one
2: you know, it's... Uh, what, you know, go to a psychiatrist first? Oh, man. As Steve would go, uh, you know, give you money like, to somebody else just throw it out
0: the window. Yeah. <laughs> no, but can you give us some idea? Oh, I what's... mean,
2: you know, it's, it's you know, it's, I, I can't even imagine now what it must be like to do a restaurant with COVID and, and everything like that. We closed March 30th of 20. Wow. I mean, and, uh, you know, so to me, the, you know, like everything else is, you know, have great people. That's number one. Have great food, number two. But people, I mean, if you if you don't have great people in the kitchen, yeah. you're not going to be making great I mean, f- people are the number one thing. And train those people. Really take I mean, your you time. Had,
1: you had a really lo- loyal following. Uh-huh. You had great people that really cared about you know? 706 and had worked there for, for decades.
2: 20, 20. Danny Michael, yeah. I just saw him the other day. He's working over at uh, uh, Supret. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Philip finley's uh, went into construction. I had him over for Sunday brunch one day. I mean, that's they'll, they'll, a lost you know, art.
1: You don't see restaurants that have that type of twenty years. I mean, people,
2: the the Reynolds brothers. They were twins. Right. Matt's working over at. Uh, Ward's it was a, it was the, a it was a career. Well, they they made it. They I mean they were you know they were those were great people. Yeah. You know, you you show up in the morning and there's Matt Reynolds. You know, at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, can
0: I'll you tell can. you, Mark. Um, we're coming to an end of this session. We're going to have to have you back on sometime because. Uh, We could go on. We haven't even gotten to the funny story part of your interview. Well, you
2: know, it was a a pleasure to be here. Very easy. You guys were great.
0: So anyhow, uh, we're going to take a three-minute break on Melden Law and Friends. And uh, again, I want to thank Mark Newman for being our guest on the first half of the show. Uh, And uh, uh, Leonardo706, made a tremendous contribution to uh, the city of Gainesville and Gator Nation, and we want to thank you very much for everything you did over 33 years. Thank you, guys. It was a thank pleasure. you, Mark. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971 two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them.
1: I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative. He shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home. And we're here today with smiles on our face with the
0: assistance from Jeffrey. The Melvin Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this.
3: Look! Look what you have done to my truck! Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, I... it
1: is your no, fault! Not, not,
0: not, I am not. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law.
3: So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband.
0: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking.
3: Jeffrey! This oh, person no, here! This person you here, might...
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. We still hear it. The sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great, and while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Meldin Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I am Jeffrey Melden with the Melden Law Firm, and uh, what a great show we have today. I want to uh, uh, welcome our guests for the second half hour. Uh, to my left is Melissa Solavia, is that how you pronounce yes, it? that's okay. it. Okay, and Catherine Neal, and uh, my uh, very good friend Mark Zamora. How are you doing, Mark? Great. Good so to be here. These guys are all lawyers, and uh, <laughs> so we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, uh, their careers, what they do, and also uh, so what their uh, interests are, and, and uh, you're going to find that uh, this is a fascinating uh, second half of our show. Uh, I want to again mention that uh, Meldon Law Facebook page We're giving away 102 tickets to the upcoming Florida FAU game this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. in the Swamp. South Florida uh, is eligible. Uh, And Just uh, uh, go to Melden Law Facebook and tell us who your favorite Gator player of all time is. So uh, we're very excited about that. Gator Volleyball. Mary Wise, uh, great team as usual. They're currently ranked number six. They may move up depending on how they do against Stanford tonight. Uh, That game is uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time if you want to tune in and see what's going on. Mary Wise just won her 900th volleyball match with the Florida Gators. Uh, One school... She's the, um, only the second female volleyball coach in history to win 900 matches, and she did it all at one school, so hats off to, uh, Mary Wise. She was a, a guest here in Meldon Lawn Friends, uh, oh, about six months ago, and, uh, what an incredible woman Mary Wise is, so, uh, let's, uh, kudos to, uh, Mary for winning her 900th, uh, match for the Florida Gators, uh, Anyhow, uh, we are very very excited today. Uh, some of our uh, favorite people, our lawyers. Uh, we run into them all day when we're not. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's when we're not. <laughs> when, we're, when we're not on the air, we actually practice law, and we have a good time doing it. And um, I want to uh, kind of go around the room and uh, welcome everybody. Uh, Catherine, how are you today? I'm
3: fantastic. How are yeah.
0: you? So I understand that. Uh, you went to law school with my son, Carrie.
3: Yeah, um, somehow overlooked that fact until very recently, so today, actually. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't make that connection. <laughs> But I, I did, and apparently we started at the same time and ended right around the same time. And, you know, he does look very familiar now that, I, now that you pointed it out.
0: So, yeah. uh, I had you, a
3: different last name then. That was two last names ago.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, we all have our stories. <laughs> so, uh, Catherine, I know you're a top litigator at uh, the uh, Carry Law Firm, and that um, – one of the things I wanted you to talk about is um, your journey from law school to uh, where you're at now. You went to Stetson Law School, right? Uh, which is in Gulfport, mm-hmm. Florida, this which Saint is St. Petersburg area. It's yeah. St. Petersburg area. Right. Yeah, right. people know Gulfport. What's that? Well, anyhow, as I understand it, Stetson University, which the main campus is in Deland, mm-hmm. in somewhere in the 1950s, a generous graduate uh, donated a, a huge property i think it was maybe a hotel formerly, mm-hmm. and it became the college of law for stetson uh, it became their campus um, and it's the only part of stetson i think that's not in the land
3: right well so now the law school actually has a campus up in um, tampa near the second district court of appeals Um, but it is, you can tell that it used to be a hotel because it's absolutely beautiful. They have a, um, like a a watchtower or, right? It's Mm -hmm. sort of a tower. Um, and just these most, the most beautiful, um, architecture from like the 1920s. Um, it's beautiful. It's a really great school. And at least when, um, Carrie, your son Carrie and I went there, it was the number one trial advocacy school in the country.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, what's the name, Mickey, who was the, uh, pardon, Mickey, Mickey mm-hmm. Smiley,
3: mm-hmm.
0: was legendary, right?
3: right? I know
0: he trained Chris Searcy and a mm-hmm. bunch of other great trial lawyers, right. uh, and uh, so Stetson Law School had the reputation of being one of the top trial preparation law schools in the whole country, Right. and right. guess what? You went into being a trial lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Go figure.
3: But that's why I chose Stetson, because I knew I wanted to be a trial lawyer. So for the audience's purposes, a lot of lawyers never go into a courtroom. They're not trial lawyers. But um, I knew that that was the part of law that was most interesting to me, that my skill set might be best suited for. Um, And so that's actually why I chose Stetson, was so that I could go to a school that really emphasized on trial skills and, and courtroom skills.
0: Now, you said your skills. What are some of the skills that you think are needed to be a trial lawyer?
3: Well, a charming personality like mine, naturally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, You know, a really good trial lawyer thinks on their feet. Um, And, you know, as much as we plug Stetson as a great trial advocacy school, I don't know that you can teach that, you know? To some extent, that's just um, kind of your nature, right? So you've got to be able to pivot fast, sort of like basketball, right? You have to be able to... Change on a dime and, and go down whatever necessary path necessary to advocate for your client. Um, but also you have to be, at least for trial lawyer purposes, you have to be really good and comfortable um, speaking in front of strangers. Um, you know, the, you know the kind of the person you know in your life who's really good at making friends no matter where you go, that person has the personality to be a, to be a trial lawyer. Whether they have well, a, the, the know-how you know and the, and the brains for it is something else. But that's the personality you're looking for, like someone who can just light up a room and make friends no matter who they are, um, be it the, the principal or the janitor. The person who treats those two people equally, that's a person who could be a trial lawyer.
0: And that's a very good point uh, that, you know, when, I, when I'm downtown and, uh, you know, somebody who's homeless comes up to me and uh, asks me, you know, for some help, i i I always give them some some help, yep. and then I give them my card mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> The reason is I want to be yeah. friends with everybody because yeah. you and yeah. i've picked up some really um good cases over yeah. the years yeah. from uh right. referrals from people that you would you know it's you wouldn't been. expect right and happen. I think
3: it's so important for um for spiritual reasons and also business reasons it 's so important to treat everybody the same and um to you know um um, assume that they have just as much importance and the ability to send you business as anybody else you know? so
0: tell us about the early parts of your career and your uh, your first trial.
3: Oh my stars, you want to hear a good story okay so um, my for well my very first trial uh, I have to give credit to my other business partners besides Melissa here, um, two other of our business business partners, uh, Tom Carey um, and Jody Leisure, because from the beginning they threw me in a courtroom and let me try cases, which allowed me to get board certified much younger than typical. Um, So literally from the first month that I worked for the firm as a lawyer, as opposed to just a law clerk, I got to try cases. So my very first trial, I was terribly nervous. um, And I got up to do opening statement. And I was telling the jury what they were gonna hear, what pieces of evidence they would be able to evaluate. And I said to the jury, I cannot make this up, I said, my client will give testaphony. <laughs> <laughs> and I said testaphony instead of testimony. Um, and there was a chuckle from the defense side of <laughs> <laughs> It was mortifying. And the best, well, let me just tell you, fast forward, we creamed the defense on that case. I mean, we okay. got an awesome verdict on that case. But, um, what was the, the best part about that story was my business partner, Jody Leisure, on the next break in the trial, went up to the court reporter and said, did you get that, the test of phony? And she said, yeah, yeah, I heard that. And she said, did you type it, though? or did you fix it to say testimony and she was like, "Well, I fixed it." And she said, "Don't. Go back and change it to testiphony and then I want to order the transcript from the opening statement." <laughs> and she blew that thing up as big as you can imagine on and had it framed.
2: <laughs>
3: my first <laughs> my first horribly embarrassing opening statement where I where I said my client would give testimony. <laughs> I still and, have it. <laughs> and
0: so there's a lesson there and that um, the jury understands that we're all human, that we all make mistakes, and sometimes if you just roll with the punches yeah. and uh, you just act, you know, you make fun of yourself or yes, you laugh exactly. laugh about it, right?
3: Yep, and that's what I did. And I snuck in the fact that it was my first trial and I was nervous, which I think was a help. That was, mm-hmm. The defense didn't object. They probably should have,
0: but... <laughs> Yeah. I slid and, it in and, after my, yeah. so <laughs> my the, mistake. Oftentimes, <laughs> the jury likes to help an underdog. And what I found when I started trying cases as a young lawyer, I didn't know my way around the courtroom, and I'd fumble around and do everything, but I was prepared, and I worked really hard, and the jury picked up on the fact yeah. that I cared for my clients. Yeah. And I, I learned very uh, early uh, that it was good to uh, put your arm around the client, to touch your client, to make the client seem human, to uh, you know, be uh, a human being with your client in front of the jury—are mm-hmm. those some of the things that uh, you you also utilize? Uh,
3: no, no, I never have done any of that. <laughs> <laughs> never touch my
0: client. Not once, not once.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But you know, that's Jeffrey. I imagine that's not hard for you. You're not pretending when you put your arm around a client. You're putting your arm around a client because you actually like them, right? You wouldn't have ended up in a courtroom spending all those hours and all that money um, on that particular case if you didn't like that person, right? I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about when you talk about like a natural trial lawyer, the type of person who would want to put their arm around somebody who needs justice or who's had a bad day, right? That's just organically you, right? And knowing these other folks in the room, I can tell you it's organically us, too.
0: So and and I think uh that that's really um an important lesson uh, many folks that are listening or watching uh the show today think that every lawyer is in the trial just in a in a courtroom all the time like uh on TV, and that uh, they also think that, you know, the trial starts at uh, 8 o'clock at night, and it's done at 9 o'clock at night, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you know, and uh, no, (laughs) you know, it's like this long, laborious, you know, two, three, four-year process, and then you uh, pick the jury, and then you start the case, and it may last two days, it may last two weeks, it may last two months, and it goes on and on and on, and uh, there's nothing uh quick about it right. uh generally uh however uh the process uh, works
3: it does it, it's the it's the best we have it i'm pretty proud of it our system well, does
0: work i am uh very excited to have you on the show today uh we're going to talk more uh with both yourself uh melissa Uh, and Mark in uh, just a few minutes we're going to take a 60 second break and then we'll be back on Melden Law and Friends we still hear it the sound of victory the joy of being part of something great and while things may not be the same right now we haven't gone anywhere if you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Uh, Again, we have 102 tickets to give away for this coming Saturday's opening football game in the swamp. Uh, The Gators are playing FAU 730 Saturday night. Go to Melden Law Facebook page and uh, give us your favorite Gator of all time and you will be eligible to win uh, two tickets uh, for this uh, very exciting opening game. Uh, Anyhow, we are here with some very fine uh, trial lawyers. Uh, The firm name is Carrie Leisure, and Neal. The practice is primarily in the Tampa Bay area, including Clearwater, St. Pete, uh, Tampa, and all the areas uh, around that uh, uh, Tampa Bay market. And uh, at this time, I wanted to um, uh, ask Melissa a few questions about um, how you got started in law.
4: So, I started working for Tom Carey and Jody Leisure when I was 18 or 19 years old as a receptionist. And I thought I wanted to go to law school, I was in the midst of my undergrad in business administration, and um, they were generous enough to give me a job as a receptionist. And so I started working with them, um, worked with them through my undergrad, then decided I wanted to go out and spread my wings for a few years. Um, eventually found myself back at the law firm and worked at the law firm all the way through law school. So I would work full-time during the day, go to law school at night, and um, then I just stayed, you know. So um, it's a wonderful firm and, you know, we're really a family and so I don't want to be anywhere
0: else. So you actually started, you know, You know, we not from the bottom, but <laughs> I we, did. That, well, yeah. well, you know what? It's what's interesting is we tell we tell everybody that the receptionist is the most important mm-hmm. position in Absolutely. the firm.
4: Absolutely, <laughs> <Okay>. your receptionist <laughs> will make you or break you. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. but I was the kid in the office doing the grunt work and. Um, you know copying papers and refilling the refrigerator and doing that stuff so
0: so you were uh, working in um, the office in Clearwater right yes, yes. and where were you going to law school at? At
4: Stetson at Stetson right. uh, same as uh, Catherine and and Carrie uh, so I did the part-time program that was at night so I would work during the day and then I'd leave the office at 4 or four thirty. I would drive to Gulfport Um, attend classes, and go to the library, and go to sleep, and wake up and do it all over again.
0: Now, did you have any kids at that time?
4: I didn't. So, I ended up, my husband and I um, got pregnant with my first child my last year of law school. So, I took the bar exam with a three-month-old baby at home, which was interesting. Um, Luckily, I have a fantastic husband who is a wonderful father, and so it all worked out.
0: <laughs> well, that yeah, that's exciting. I know both you and Catherine uh, have uh, big families and yes. lots of kids.
3: We have a basketball team
0: blessed. between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do. We, yes. do. we have a full court and
3: a full yeah. bench between yeah. the two of us, nine kids between the two so of, of us. So if Gators basketball needs some scrimmaging, I mean, like, we, can, yeah. we can help. Yeah.
4: So we can.
0: It, it amazes me because... You're both you know outstanding attorneys and very, very busy, uh, and somehow you're managing to keep you know the balls in the air juggling it. How do you do that?
4: <laughs> well, they always say if you want something done, give it to a busy mom and that's just the truth. I mean we just I think we thrive under pressure. If we didn't have a full plate, I don't know what we would do with ourselves. Right. So we luckily have amazing support systems. Mm-hmm. We have an incredible staff at the office. We have an incredible team at home helping support us and um, loving on our kids when we can't be there and allowing us to give our children 150% when we are there. Mm-hmm. So we're really kind of blessed. Yeah. Well,
0: I know it... You know, what do they say? It takes a village to raise yes, a child. Yes, so true. Yes, so yes. you guys have figured Shout out a way to. to yes. huh? <laughs> Shout out to my village. Yes. Shout out to Heather. <laughs> so you've put it's your true. village together, yes. right? Yes. Because you have a whole yes. team to help make mm-hmm. things move around, mm-hmm. both at home and the office. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. We have wonderful husbands. We have wonderful partners with child care, mm-hmm. um, Heather and Rhonda. And so we're very lucky. Yeah. And now, yeah, we are. Um, Thank
0: when goodness. When you graduated law school, Mm -hmm. uh, you came back to uh, the Kerry Law Firm at that time.
4: I'm not sure that Mr. Kerry even offered me a job. I'm not really sure if that <laughs> even happened. I think what happened is I got my diploma, got I was sworn in, and I just cleared off, cleared out an office, sure. and made myself a desk and painted my name on the front door and started working. Um, so, but about two years ago, um, I had the opportunity to make partner, and he definitely offered me the partnership. Yes, yes. So yes. I got that invite. <laughs> right. I, I so I became he's clearly legitimate. aware that she us now. <laughs> I became completely legitimate at that uh, moment It was well, a really good moment for her. you know,
0: there's something to be said for just showing up okay know <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and I mm-hmm. you know a lot of young people will come to me and they'll say uh, i want I want to work in this, I want a job, I want to learn this and'll and I'll say, well, you know go go do an interview, see if you can get the job and they say, "Well, what if I don't get a job?" I said, well, then turn around and tell the person you're willing to work for free. Mm -hmm. And I told my daughter that. She graduated law school, and she wanted to go into immigration law. And I met a great immigration lawyer from South Florida um, at a Florida bar event. And I said, uh, you know, we got to be friends. He gave me his card. I said, uh, you know, my daughter's interested in going to immigration law, uh, you know, would you talk to her about, you know, doing some law clerking or something? And he said, sure. And same thing happened. She went there. She said, uh, I'd like to work. He said, well, we don't have anything right now. She says, well, I I want to volunteer just so that I can, get, you know, get in the door. And uh, two, or three, two or three weeks later, it was a summer break from law school, and they hired her and started paying her 500 bucks a week uh, right. to show up at the law firm. And, uh, you know, uh, so, some, so it, it's not exactly the same as mm-hmm. your story, yeah. but there's similarities, right? Yeah. You, you, the, the most important thing about success is showing up. Yes, <laughs> okay? or
4: cleaning out the office <laughs> and painting your own name on the door. Either way, it works.
0: <laughs> so it, it, it's uh, it, it's really uh, much different now because women in the courtroom, when we, women in the legal profession, our leaders uh, in the community, uh, over half of the lawyers uh, that come out of law school now are women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you have a very strong presence in your law firm with women. Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, it's it's like Predominantly, a <laughs> <but yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Our senior partner, Tom Carey, is obviously male. Um, we have one business partner besides him who's male, Matt Carney. He's an awesome trial yeah, yeah. lawyer. Awesome trial lawyer. Um, and then the rest of us are chicks. And, <laughs> and, and we get stuff done. We are the get stuff done gender. Yes. No offense, but we yeah. are. Um, yeah, you know, I would still like to see more women trial lawyers. Um, we have us, of course, but when I show up for trial, you know, for cattle call for trial on a Monday of trial week, there's still no other women. Um, I think... You know, maybe if I get lucky once a year, there'll be another one. So it would be nice to see more women in the courtroom, um, as opposed to those other lawyer jobs that are more behind the scenes or at desks. You know, behind the desks, um, contracts, etc. It would be.
0: It would yeah, be nice. I'll tell you, um, it's amazing to me uh, the changes that I've seen in my lifetime. Because when I went to law school, there were 125 of uh, students in my uh, first year law law school class. There was one female that student. Poor girl. Wow. Can you okay. Imagine? And. But the and, dating uh, opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ratio was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah, if, yeah, if yeah, she didn't yeah. have a man after that, there's something wrong. <laughs> well, we, she was very, very attractive woman. We found out very soon she was married. Well, that's so then. <laughs> I'd hate to meet her husband. <laughs> so anyhow, so uh, and and. um you know, I have uh, my, both my son and daughter are both attorneys, and I'm very proud of uh, both of them. My daughter has just done amazing things uh, mm-hmm. with her career, and I always encourage uh, both, you know, women and uh, young men to pursue their education while they're young because, as we know, right, it's easier when you're in your 20s. Right to, you know, go off to school and just figure out a way to get through it sure. and do it. Uh, when, as soon as you start having a family and responsibilities right. and finances and, and mm-hmm. you're in your 30s, it's, it's doable, but it's more challenging. I would
4: not recommend taking the bar exam with a three-month-old at home. I do not endorse that. Get your education early, people. <laughs>
0: So anyhow, uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, I want to get real quickly uh, get uh, to our next uh, guest, who is um, also uh, involved with the Kerry uh, Leisure Neal Law Firm. Mark Zamora, welcome to the show, Mark. Well, thank you, and I've got five minutes, so
5: I'm not talking law.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why don't – so Mark is a diehard Gator. Let's talk uh, Gator talk for a little while. Uh, Tell us about what it was like when you went to the University of Florida.
5: Well, I'm I'm in the raffle for the tickets. So, you know, the hardest part is if you're watching this, you know you have a certain era of player that you really admired. So my guy who's closer to me in age is Emmett Smith. It all begins and ends with Emmett. You know, the guys that followed him, you know, we're blessed because, you know, the school in Tallahassee doesn't have a couple, uh, maybe but a couple of names and a coach who is well-known. Here, we're blessed. know you look at all the all the helmets for Spurrier, and then you look at Danny Werfel, and then you look at Tim Tebow, and Jack Youngblood, and Wilbur Marshall, and you could just go on and on and on. And I think the neatest thing as a Gator is that we have three Heisman trophies, that were awarded and earned by three preacher sons. Wow, uh,
0: That's, I never thought of that. Yeah, it's Danny not a Warfel. I, right, right. Danny Warfel first, and then, uh, well, S- Steve Spurrier in '66. Yep. Dad, the Dad was a preacher in Tennessee, Johnson City, and then uh, Warfel. Uh, where is, is he from? New Orleans Fort area. Port Walton Beach. Port Walton Beach. You see, right? I have no life, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tim Tebow from Jacksonville. From Jacksonville, and they were yeah, they were all preachers. So, uh, what does that tell you?
3: God um, loves football. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure
5: you know, you, you yeah, never yes. want to say he's on your team, but I'm pretty sure there might be some orange and blue up there somewhere. <laughs> well,
0: you know what Spurrier says. You you know that God's a gator because <clears throat> you know the sun is orange and the sky is blue. Exactly. <laughs>
5: so so he doesn't know this. I'm going to tell the I'm going to tell the folks who are watching the the two people, I can see you there waiting to the end. I have been to 300 Gator games Wow, in my life, including the one I want to forget the most, the one in the desert that we're not going to talk about today.
0: 95 game? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um,
5: and it's been a really fun thing. If you're a Gator fan, the best advice I can give you as a lawyer is go to a road game.
0: Correct. Yeah, we, we love going to... Uh, Uh, Louisiana, we'd stay in New Orleans go to Baton Rouge or uh, go to Charleston and then drive over to Columbia or stay in Columbia for a South Carolina game. Uh, It was really
5: uh, something. So when we went to Holtz, when he was winless, we went to Columbia, the fans were great. The the stadium was full to the end. And when you walked around, they loved the game. And I think the only thing that you could match that is probably going to be, we don't play them enough, is Texas A&M. When we were walking around campus, lost, there was a young lady and her boyfriend that said, we'll walk you to the stadium. They walked us a mile to the stadium. go, like, are you going in? No, we just thought we would walk you to the stadium. And wow. They and away they went. Yeah,
0: SEC fans are really nice. Uh, my son, Carrie and myself uh, took a road trip for the first Texas A&M SEC game yeah, against the Gators, yeah. and uh, we were fortunate enough to come out with a win that game. And, uh, you know, but uh, so Mark bleeds orange and blue, as you can tell. Uh, He's what you would call, you know, a gator fanatic. And uh, he's earned it, though, because when he was a student here, uh, Mark was very involved with Blue Key and many other organizations. He loves being a gator, and there's uh, a lot to be said for that.
5: And I had a dog named Five Wide.
0: Okay. So
5: for those who don't know, that was this... The Spurrier empty empty backfield, so we named
0: it five Y. okay, we are at the end of our show, and I want to thank everybody to uh, Meldon Law and friends and remember go to Meldon Law Facebook page for your free tickets and we will see you next week on Meldon Law and Friends.